0: Take my hand, will make it, I swear. well living on a prayer, living on a prayer. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Hello, and welcome to episode three of Christ in the Chaos.
1: Still don't need to put the episode number in. There.
0: I still, I'm going to because it's still number three. I am Kathleen. I'm Joel, and we are going to be talking about prayer today. But before we get to that topic, I will let's do our family check-in. How you doing? Oh, I get to go first. Um I'm doing great today um i had I've been like super angsty about my job and my life for like six months, and I had some clarity today um I think from God um about what the future holds and what I need to be focused on. And I am feeling a lot more at peace. And we had a great ish day with the kids with one minor mishap. I had a meeting at home and they were terrible. Um, was but, that
1: your meeting with God where you got clarity?
0: No, um, I was talking with,
1: I know who you were meeting. I know
0: man. my like personal life coach lady at our church that I love one of guardian the, angel. Yeah. She's um, she's kind of like my, spirit anim- animal um, person and she was over talking to me about church stuff and um, the kids were I mean <laughs> they were uh, like so unlike themselves honestly and just an ap- two absolute little terrors the whole time so not the whole time but for the first 30 minutes or so but, but it's been a great day and a great week
1: uh you know I'm a little uh that we had the day off Monday which was fun I got to spend a special day. With the boys. Well, I worked. Um uh, well you for worked because yeah. you didn't get the day off. I did. But I have uh this is probably gonna be in my check in for the next like three weeks until it happens. I have a hearing coming up that shouldn't have to happen. That like uh
0: just added anxiety. Like,
1: yeah. And we're being super reasonable and like trying to oh, make oh, it sweetheart. go away.
0: No one cares about the details
1: of it. I know. We're all sorry. That I know, you have that's a hearing. where it's
0: frustrating. I'm it's so sorry that you have to do your
1: job. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, you know what else, though? We got an email address.
0: Oh, and that email address is?
1: Christ in the Chaos Pod at Gmail. So Christ in the Chaos at Gmail dot com was taken, but Christ in the Chaos Pod was not. So Christ in the Chaos Pod, all one word, at Gmail dot com email us your thoughts on the episode
0: or ideas for topics or that would something be fantastic we
1: said that was wrong or whatever Ooh, don't do that just no to it's pr- fine. make us let you us live in our it, butthole of happiness <laughs> okay, um, fine. and then we can maybe do some like check-ins and check-ups with our friends who have made it to the third episode and have things to add and things to say yes make it a conversation we might,
0: we might read your email on in the pod So we're, starting, we're talking about our prayer life today, and that basically covers um, going from our personal prayer life to our marital prayer life to our family. And by family, we really—we do mean family, but we kind of mean for more of a, like, us to kids um, and how we're raising up the kids um, through their prayer life. So to start out with, Joel, what does your personal prayer life look like?
1: Not the best, if we're being honest. Um I I don't know. It's not something I practice as much as I should, I guess. Um, and it's one of those things that you always feel like you're doing wrong. And so I always feel like, well, you know, the way I do prayer can't be right. And so I tend to be a very insular prayer um, and a very specific like there's a thing going on. You have petition. Prayer. You have a petition
0: for like exactly like what you're like is on your mind. You're not a. You're not a. Yes. Um. Sandy, my my other mentor and spirit animal described it as a sunbather. Somebody who just sits in the presence of God and like, gl- like I can't like that. that no, would be the that opposite person. of what you are. I'm not that kind uh, of prayer either. But I it it fascinates me that those kind of people exist.
1: Yeah, I I'm more of a take-it-as-needed kind of prayer, which is not the best kind. <laughs> not it's not. Um, I tend to be—I I think a good way to describe it, and I think we'll get to this later, is a a pray-as-the-ambulance-goes-by prayer. Hmm. Um, I think that's a good way to describe it. It's
0: like you're reminded, like, oh, yeah, like, I have some, like, just let's remember say in God's this situation.
1: Here, yeah. What about you? How do you pray?
0: Okay, well, I have—right Um, right now, my—I pray usually— Um. I started waking up with you in the morning to <laughs> I was working out in the morning and couldn't fit in my shower. And then I realized if I switched my prayer and study with my workout that I wouldn't have to I don't have to shower after I pray and study in the morning. So right now, I what I do is the when the when the alarm goes off between the alarm and the first snooze button, I pray. Um, and that works like at least 60 percent of the time where I don't fall back asleep. Um but sometimes I do, and that's okay. I'm pretty sure that grace covers that. Um, Over the last year, I've, like, Lent, I prayed. Um, pr- Lent was an exercise for me in extending my prayer. So the first week of Lent, I prayed for five minutes, then for 10, then for 15, then for 20 each day. Um, So me praying for 20 minutes, I've learned, is possible, but not comfortable most of the time. I love praying for about 10 minutes, and then I... Then it becomes a chore, which is not what I want. Um, I've done prayer cards. I've done a lot of prayer journaling. I write questions to God and then write and, like, like listen for answers. Um, I do drawings. Um, but ultimately, like, what I'm sitting here listening to you is that you need to read um, The Praying Life by Paul Miller, which is the book that I have sitting right next no, to me. what I'm learning— It is the best book. Is and-
1: it is the kind of difference between our personalities in that— My prayer life is very passive. Nope. Nope. Just different than yours. And so you automatically assume it's bad. Uh, My prayer life is very kind of off the cuff and very, you know, how am I doing right now? Let's see how it goes. And your prayer life is very, I wake up. And then I go pray. That's like and then when
0: I, I pray. And but then the...
1: I schedule my prayers and I schedule for 10 minutes okay. and then five minutes. You're just a very, it's not bad. It's, it's probably better. It's the discipline better, of getting. But it's that you're a more disciplined, scheduled prayer. Okay. Um, And I'm a more, eh, you know. But you're about, talking about. How about now? Let's do it like this. You're prayer. talking
0: about when you pray. And when you pray, that definitely think... meets our personalities. But so what I really wanted to talk about when it came to personal prayer life is how I pray and how that was like, like totally formed by this book. Um, we read again, it's, is it the Bible? No, it's not. It's called (laughs) a praying life by Paul Miller. And, um, the first thing that it changed was how I come to God. And, um, I think that the, the kind of thesis that he has that he puts forward is that like, you're supposed to come to God exactly as you are when you are, tired when you are in a bad mood when you are feeling dumb when your prayers suck Um, he wants you to come to god exactly the way you are your heart could be and often is askew and that's okay you have to begin with what is real jesus didn't come for the righteous he came for sinners all of us qualify the very things we try to get rid of our weariness our distractedness our messiness are what get us in the front door that's how the gospel works and that's how prayer works if bringing uh in bringing your real self to jesus you give him opportunity to work on the real you and you will slowly change the kingdom will come and you'll end up less selfish so the idea is have
1: confidence in approaching god yeah just not, but go you're, and but pray I, without ceasing is also in there
0: the implication there is um that you have confidence in in that the prayer will be maybe not maybe that's not what it means but for me it's having confidence that god wants to hear from me um not that he's going to answer my prayer or give me what i ask for but that when I come, he's like, just tell me what you got. So the idea of coming to God um, in any state, this book also was like my introduction to laments and the fact that I'm allowed to come to God and complain. And what a load off. Um, (laughs) Because I've not only have I done that quite a bit, especially in the last six months, but I have taught kids to do it when they are having a rough time. I'm like, you're allowed to go to God and be like, I feel like you're not here. I feel like you're not doing your job.
1: Yeah. God's God's not a genie. And I think in prayer, we often treat him as a genie of like, I want a Ferrari. I want a Ferrari. I want a Ferrari. Um, obviously, none of us are that direct or that selfish, but it's still the, you know, dear God, I need healing. Dear God, I need comfort. Dear God, I need I want, I want, I want. Well, and, that's... and I don't think that's bad, but I do think that. It's important to expand what you do with prayer. Well, it has to be more than that.
0: This, you know, this this book has actually taught me the opposite of that, um, which is that I always had the opinion with the kids when I was doing ministry that when they prayed for things that I thought were selfish or what I thought were not in the will of God... Um, that they uh, should change the prayer and that they should ask for something that is more in line. I constantly was correcting them. Like, no, don't ask for that. Ask for this thing that's more godly or this thing that Jesus would want no, you to ask for. I don't
1: for. mean that. I just mean that it's more than that. Prayer should be, shouldn't only be foxhole prayers.
0: Fair fair enough. But Paul Miller's argument is that regardless of what you want to ask for, you should ask for what you actually want to ask for. So if your heart wants a Lamborghini, you come to Jesus and you ask for a Lamborghini because Jesus already knows what your heart really wants. So he can work with you. If you come to him as your true self, he can work on that, but he can't work on that when you posture for him in prayer. There's no reason to posture for him in prayer. He just wants the real you to come to him with your real heart so that he can work on that heart and not something that you're trying to present to him. No, I agree, but I
1: think that we should work on our own hearts to try and find a better relationship to try and not not that your prayer should be formal or you know like oh you're presenting a false face to god but that you should want to pray you should want to be a sunbather and and sit there yeah in relationship and, yeah and be in relationship and so prayer should be more than not that it can't be not that it even shouldn't be but it should be more than
0: okay paul miller says with regard to that when Jesus describes intimacy he wants with us, he talks to us about joining us for dinner. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And that's from Revelation 3.20. A praying life feels like our family mealtimes because prayer is all about relationship. It's intimate and it hints at eternity. And so that's like the second thing is like why I pray when God already knows my heart is because it's not about asking for things it's about being in relationship with God and coming to know God's voice um so that's another thing that was the second big thing from praying life
1: yeah if Um, I wanted a Ferrari I would tell you like that yes you know it it's something you should tell God too yeah exactly (laughs) um (laughs) yeah you know
0: and um so the, the, the the that and that G- the book, the idea of coming to God exactly how you are with exactly where your heart is, because God already knows your heart and that you can come. It's like that was the most freeing thing in the world because I was sitting there getting ready to pray and I was censoring and readjusting my prayer to be more godly and to be more in what I thought God's will was. And it's like, no, God wants you the way your heart is. And that was so freeing of the guilt of coming up with good prayer it was like oh i can just say what i really want i can just say what's really on my heart and that's what god really wants and that's what i'm teaching the kids that there is, are no
1: good prayers and there are no bad prayers and that's there's i just, mean the praying yeah. in public thing people are like oh i don't pray well in public and i'm like well just say something and then see how it sounds and it always sounds great because people we get very self-conscious about ourselves especially in public and you're like oh what if i say the wrong thing and it's like nobody. Like you don't, it's fine.
0: I mean, you literally could absolutely stink at it from the, the, the perspective of people of the world, but it doesn't matter
1: to God. Um, yeah, but you probably won't. I mean, I've yeah, never that's heard fine, anyone who's really bad at it praying. It doesn't even,
0: but that's the thing is like, um.
1: Some people go too long. Some yeah. people go too short, but like that's, God doesn't care.
0: Yeah. the So there's. How you come to God, which is as your real self, why you come to God to be in relationship and then what it sounds like um, when you come to God. And I loved this from um, Praying Life. He describes something that's like a meandering, uh, babbling, playful kind of like approach, which is great because that's how I pray. Like in my own head, it does not sound pretty. And that is fine, according to him. And that made me feel a thousand times better. But here's the part I run into. read. When your mind starts wandering in prayer, which was something I was very insecure about because it's like I couldn't stay focused on one thing. So when your mind starts wandering in prayer, be like a child. Don't worry about being organized or staying on task. Paul certainly wasn't. Remember, you are in conversation with a person. Instead of beating yourself up, learn to play again. Pray about what your mind is wandering to Maybe it is something that is important to you. Maybe the spirit is nudging you to think about something else. And when I could blame like the spirit for causing my brain to go in different directions, it made me feel a lot better.
1: Well, that, um, Paul, Paul also said, if you don't know what to pray for, don't worry about it. The, the spirit will fill in yeah. kind of the wordless prayer, like yes, the,
0: that is... the prayers
1: without words. Roman somewhere.
0: Um, Oh, yeah, that is. So I don't know where the scripture is, but here's what it says in here. And I'm pretty sure this is from that scripture. Um, When you stop trying to be an adult to get it right, prayer will just flow because God has done something remarkable. He's given you a new voice. It is his own. So that's like this. Oh, uh, God replaced you, your badly damaged prayer prayer antenna with a new one, the spirit. He is praying. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, the specific quote, it's more of a the spirit just fills in with your your spirit it's not your prayer doesn't even have to be words it can just be that feeling that just holding hands just screaming voice yeah whatever it is you know just send your emotions to God
0: um and the other thing is that he talked about prayer being like playful and childlike and I cannot tell you what a load off what that was for me because I laugh all the time during prayer. Like, I'll say something, and I'm like, I bet you think that's ridiculous. And then I'll laugh, and I'll imagine God laughing at the same time, because we both, like, just revealed something about me. And he's like, come on, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And it's like, that is the time when I laugh during prayer that I feel the most, (laughs) like, yep, we're totally in this together, and we're telling this inside joke together. And it's literally an inside joke, because no
1: one else knows what's going on. There's a scene from... Right, the great theol the great theologian The Simpsons where uh Homer is praying. He's at the table praying and he goes, You know, thank you God for this meal. How are you doing? Oh, really? Oh, oh she said what? No. <laughs> <laughs> and like and he's just like and it's a funny joke, but it's very like, Yeah, no, that's what it should be like. You should be like, Wait, grandma said what? Oh that
0: Yeah. Oh. Um so, did you have anything to add on personal prayer?
1: No, well, I think my my prayer stance is going to be pretty consistent through throughout <laughs> this. It's, you know, uh, he's still working on me, but you know, you do, you all do me. It'll be great.
0: So that being said, where that becomes an issue is, um, and we realized as we pre-gamed for this one, is uh, Ugh, the very t- marriage
1: ruins everything. Very
0: touchy subject of marriage and praying with your spouse. Um, because as you could probably gather from we, just our responses to the first one, we don't mesh super well in prayer. We pray differently. Yes. Um.
1: And so it does make it harder to pray together. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, hey guys, you have our email address, <laughs> Christinthechaospod at gmail.com. Like what, what strategies do you guys use to pray together? What strategies do you think we should use.
0: I, I think that we should pray together every day. And I think we could do it when we wake up, um, to some extent.
1: Um that is a terrible time for I me know, to talk to I anyone. Know. Or
0: we could do it before we go to sleep. Um,
1: Although, to be fair, I do pray every morning. I roll over and say, oh, God, is it morning again, (laughs) which is Um, a prayer.
0: um, But but I like I so I'm doing my goals for 2019. I'm yes, I'm already like a month behind. But one of the we forgot to
1: do an episode on New Year's resolutions.
0: uh, My main goal (laughs) is for our marriage is to like just like get in the habit of praying together. And it's just an it is an awkward thing for us. And I really think it is awkward because our. We pray our whole approach to prayer is so different. Um, I I think, you know, like if we were just going to see the worst in each other, you would see me as being performative about my prayer. And I would see you as just not praying enough. And it's very easy to simplify things and put um, those labels on each other. But the reality is like, it can a hundred percent be solved in us like coming into prayer together with like a desire to do it. And that's, that is what I want going forward into the future. And to be clear, that is not what we have right now.
1: And I think that's how do you solve any problem in your marriage? Well, you work together and you try and understand each other and you be forgiving and you be patient Um, and you kind of be stubborn and bullheaded about it and you just do it until it becomes routine. Um, And that. Yeah, I think I mean, I don't think I think it's good to pray together as a couple.
0: I think it's I think we do no i don't pray with you as... i pray with like the kids when you're present but i don't I pray feel
1: like... with the kids when you're present see i count that as praying with you uh, I,
0: I don't i well and so i guess the the whole point is this i think well
1: now we all see where i stand on the pecking order though
0: yeah well yeah i'm not even there. in the room <laughs> no, i mean and and the thing is like this all sounds very like oh we'll pray together going forward um and Jiminy Christmas we have these differences but the reality is that that, like we came to this place after a very volatile off mic conversation to get there and the marriage stuff I think um, when you have two adults coming together like it's easy for me to pray personally and it's easy for me to um, guide the kids through that but when you have two adults with um, with strong wills yeah it's a lot harder to come together but I do think it is important um, to praise a couple
1: yeah and I think we have a format, right? We were given a format if you're if you get lost in prayer with your wife or husband or just in general, God gave us a format. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? You so totally rock. Yeah, uh, yeah, no God gives a format like who are you talking to? I'm talking to God, you know. What is God? God is great. What do we want? God's will be done. When do we want it? Now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then okay, who are you talking to? What's the important thing? That God's will be done. And and what do you need? I need bread. I need protection. Right? I he was, help me forgive my neighbors. It they get he, we have a format. Follow the format if you get lost. I love I, a good format.
0: I I like to meander and go wherever my the spirit leads me. And that is why it's hard for us to pray together.
1: <laughs> no, but you you know you can meander within those subjects. But sometimes people praying.
0: I'm not going to stick to the Lord's prayer every time no, I pray. No, you that don't stick to the exhausting. Lord's
1: prayer, but you can. You can say, okay, I, you know, you say, oh, I don't know what to pray about. Well, okay. I always have start with who you're praying things to. to pray about. Not everyone does. I'm okay. trying to help the listener. I'm sorry. Not everyone is as amazing S- as you.
0: Start with the people you love. Go to the <laughs> situations that are causing you trouble. Thank God for the things that are great. Like, I... What
1: if those are all the same thing? The people I love, the things that cause me problems, <laughs> and the things that are great. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
0: Um uh oh um the one that i did want to pull up in this is actually one of the kind of conflicts in our um in the marital part so i did want to bring this up is uh from Matthew 6 5 through 6 um and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners and they may be seen by others um and truly i see, i say to you they have received their reward But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. Um, And. This is good for the marriage one, because I think that you tend to. um, You tend to really reject not that you don't pray in front of people because you actually are pretty bold prayer in front of people, but you tend to reject people who pray out loud in front of people and Aditive, to...
1: adverb God cr- yeah. creator of noun um, um we'll, yeah. yeah I'll get
0: into that in a second but yeah
1: no I I did not grow up in a emotive tradition um religiously or anything else we're not emotive people um and so emotive prayers do make me uncomfortable is the wrong word but kind of oh that's you don't not, have any that's not the usual color yeah um right It. It just kind of sets me off my balance a little bit. That, that there's nothing wrong with it. See, I don't think Matthew 6 is about emotive prayer. I don't think it's saying don't go out in the streets and pray loudly. I think it was because what it's specifically talking about, and this is my Lutheran showing, right? We need historical context. Um, what it's specifically talking about is there was a practice of uh, of like exaggerated emotional prayer. Of showing how holy you were by how loudly you pray, how like big you can pray. Like the sort of
0: thing of like tearing your actual clothes. Yeah, when like ripping
1: your clothes to show how sad you were. I mean, yeah, that's um, mourning,
0: but same idea.
1: Really, what he what he's saying there is, don't do that when you pray. Pray sincerely. Pray to God. You're talking to God. You're not talking to the people around you. And if the way you talk to God is,
0: yeah, it's it's about uh, where your oh, heart is.
1: You know, adjective, adverb, God. You know, adjective. Of noun, like if that's your thing, then that's your thing. Go for it. Uh, It's really not my thing though, Um, and I think you'd be like, I think you feel that my like aversion to that is more than just a like cultural. Like it's not the normal way I do it, and so I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Um,
0: Your your what we talked about earlier in with more anger was the fact that your aversion to that makes me self conscious about praying in general, Um, and. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I'm really sorry about that, but I don't want you to feel that way, and I think it is, as part of praying as a couple, being very upfront with how you feel and why you feel is important because if I were more emotionally mature, I probably could address my uncomfortableness with outward emotional displays in a way that didn't make you feel bad. Because there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing bad. It, It's equally as valid and equally as holy and equally as good to, you know, me silently sighing a prayer by myself in the corner. I go, like, oh, but that's how I do it. And I don't like to do it the other way because that's not how I do it. I mean, I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, I,
1: that's good radio. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. So the last thing was... Um, from a family or kids' perspective, um, like, what do we do with the kids? And my. What do we do with the kids? What do we do with the kids with prayer? Um, I pray often, informally, and out loud. Um, so
1: often. Um, this is funny because I feel like with the kids, you're more like me and I'm more like you. I play. I pray scheduled and at yes. specific events. Mm-hmm. And-,
0: and I pray um way more spontaneously way in the moment when when we have a volatile situation when we are frustrated with each other when i have um when i need forgiveness from the kids when they need forgiveness from me um when we are just need to calm down when an ambulance goes by which i uh, that we was do, me. do yeah that i was... think that is you and i think that that's good just because that's that is more though like praying at a mealtime than it is like yeah um, but i think
1: it's also that is a dangerous prayer because it can border on hocus pocus.
0: And that's why we focus on when we're praying for like an ambulance for a fire truck is that there are people in that fire truck and that there are people that they are going to, and that those people are in danger and dealing with a high stress situation and that we want God to protect them and that we want God to be with them and comfort them. And while all prayer can have the, the apparent, of being hocus pocus, like, no, that we're praying for people in that situation. No, I think
1: that's, obviously, I think that's great. I think yeah. that's my idea. Um, although it does lead to our four-year-old seeing the parking, parking enforcement, parking parking right, enforcement saying, Mommy, we need to pray. And you'd be like, I think like, they Not fine. every
0: car with a light needs a prayer. But then you feel like, okay, well, that person needs prayer too. So then you end up praying for the parking <laughs> enforcement officer. so Which
1: is good because you're teaching your <laughs> kid that prayer is, prayer has a purpose. Yep. Prayer has an effect, right? Mm-hmm. The, the prayers of righteous men. And are, women. That's not what I'm sorry. The prayers of righteous people. There we go. Using the new English translation um, are powerful. Right. Your and that we don't pray for things. We pray for people like you. I think especially couched in the way you describe it mm-hmm. to them. It teaches a lot of really good prayer habits mm-hmm. that we don't just pray at mealtime. We pray for things we that are important. We pray for people and our prayers can have an effect.
0: Um. Yes. Um. The other thing, the next thing was that besides praying often and is praying informally. Um. I. This is to me as in my kids' ministry role the single most damaging thing to kids' prayer life and to human's prayer life because this this takes us straight into adulthood is the idea that prayer needs to sound a certain way. Um. We get up and we have the people at um, at at in the sanctuary they get up and tell these beautiful almost poetic beautiful sounding prayers scripted scripted prayers um and i think it's very damaging because when somebody doesn't have the ability to talk that way or even if they do it takes away from the authenticity of what they're really saying to god um i don't i have stopped allowing Um, the kids to read scripted prayers when we pray in the sanctuary. We do not do any scripted prayers or write out any prayers in um, kids' ministry. And I, when it comes to me praying, I use the words that I use with the kids. I say things like suck. I slouch when I pray. I... Um, look up at God. I tell him I'm frustrated with my own kids and in ministry. If something is bothering me, I talk to God like he's right there with me. And that's what I model because I think the formality of prayer is so damaging to um, the people who hear prayer and um, who are using you as a model. You have to be able to model something that people can actually follow. All right. Hold on. I got more. Often, informally, and out loud. Out loud, Um, we had a small group um, that we were part of a couple of years ago as part of our Lent programming, where one of the like grandparents who are very faithful people um, and just always around and very like invested, their grandparents, they're at church. And they're, they were like lamenting the fact that they didn't pray out loud in front of their kids. And part of it was that they, um, the kids didn't know they were praying. And it's like, Uh, there's a certain, there's a whole part of my prayer life that is um, private for my kids because just because they're not awake and it's easier to pray though this morning, one of them was awake for it. But a lot of the time, even when I'm praying for myself and they're just there, I pray out loud for the kids so that they can hear how my prayer and my time with God works because they're never going to learn. They don't have to pray just like me, but they're never going to have an example of what a strong prayer like look like if we keep ours a secret from them. Um, So I always try to pray out loud um with the kids um and the last thing with the kids and this may be a personal prejudice is i just cannot stand memorized prayers um i don't do now i lay me i don't love it when we do it at the all right
1: judgy i'm sorry it's but it's okay to have mantras it's, 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 a, it's okay a little to repeat. bit
0: it's better it's better at i think at mealtimes when you're just saying thank you for the food and acknowledging where it came from okay but Memorized prayers are a slippery slope because then they don't they have to actually to be in a relationship. I
1: don't like hocus yep. pocus.
0: Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, that's all I had with the kids.
1: All right. Well, let's get to our next segment.
0: So that came up. So on the subject of kids following your example, um, this is a story of um, Dane listening He is a very careful listener. He picks up everything. I asked him, oh, this is funny too. I asked him, we were reading Harry Potter and I was trying to help build context for him and I said, so who is the Lord? And he said, Jesus. And I was like, I meant in the book, like Voldemort. <laughs> um, but he, but he, but when he asked, God asked that question. So he's really like, he's very attentive. He's a very good listener. And so at one point I grew up saying, oh my God, because I didn't grow up in a religious house. And, and even now it, it is using the Lord's name in vain and I'm trying to teach my kids not to do it. But um, it's hard. It's a hard one to break after like 25 years of saying it. So the other day I said, oh my God, And Dane corrects me, Mom, we don't say, oh, my God. And we also don't say (laughs) FNA. Except for he didn't say FNA. He said the actual thing. And because that was something
1: we had told him we don't say after who said it. uh,
0: (laughs) Sometimes, like I said, I didn't grow up censoring my language. And honestly, I not much changed. I am a person that is way more concerned with using the Lord's name in vain than I am using words that have been deemed by earthly worldly values as uh curse words. Um, but um I don't necessarily want my four-year-old running around saying that word. So um
1: It's a good reminder that hey, they do listen to they're you. They're listening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, which is a big duh, except for he's pretty good at censoring himself and he pretty he understands pretty well, but when he slips up, um, it doesn't go so well for me.
1: All right. Then let's pray out. Dear Lord, uh, be with us as we try and come up with the words to speak to you, as we try and come up with the feelings to speak to you, and help us together uh, be closer and be better and work together to all of us become closer to you and, and find the words for each other so that we can all become sunbathers and just be in a relationship with you um, all the time. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks
0: for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the chaos pod at gmail.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.